Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This episode of the Believe in Wizards podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. All the major sports are in action this week with college football playoffs ready to kick off. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds for the entire week. Remember to use our promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, to receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Cool with that, let's get to the show. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome into another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm Matt Moderno. No Jihadi White here today. Just got a quick little one for you here. We'll get together and do something more about the team moving and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I am out on the West Coast and don't have a ton of time, and Jihadi and I couldn't sync up, so I just wanted to kind of throw something out there for you. Keep busy this week for anybody looking for some stuff to listen to. Uh, I am uh, in the San Francisco area, so I went tonight and watched the Santa Clara basketball game against Utah State. Uh, Utah State actually like a really good team. Uh, they're top 30-ish in the net, which uh, for anyone not familiar is a very confusing system that they use to evaluate college basketball teams. I think they're actually 31st, so that's pretty good. And then Santa Clara has featured two first-round draft picks in each of the last two years. They're one of the more intriguing WCC teams. Uh, obviously, last year they had Brandon Pajemski, and the year before that, Jalen Williams, who all Wizards fans obviously know and love. So I wanted to see if this year's prospect they have on their team could be kind of the the next great guy to come out of that and obviously their head coach Herb Sendak is just amazing uh he's just a a guy that like churns out elite offensive minded wing guard player types uh if you want to call it that and uh this year's guy they have is Adama Alpha Ball Adama Ball uh, I guess the alpha is a hyphenated thing and doesn't always get used so do with that what you will but He's like a 6'6", also French, so maybe interesting to pair him with Koulibaly eventually. I don't think he'll go in the top five range-ish that the Wizards are guaranteed to draft in basically at this point, but he is somebody that could be intriguing if they end up with like a second pick later in the first round, maybe like in the 20-ish range. I I don't know. At the end of the day, I always kind of prop up wings, so he might end up kind of near the lottery on my board. But again, Herb Sendek, just like a great coach if you just I don't know. I don't know why he got run at NC State. He made them better than anyone's made them since. I just his coaching tree is crazy. Uh, you've got uh, Ron Hunter, who's at Tulane, and, and turned them into a, a really interesting uh, team. You've got Thad Mata, who's turned around Butler, was obviously really good at Ohio State. Archie Miller, who's at Rhode Island, was at Indiana and Dayton before that. Sean Miller, who's at Xavier, was at Arizona before that. Eric Musselman is at Arkansas now. Like just churns out really good, smart coaches. So he's a really guy to, good guy to learn basketball from, and I think that's why his prospects are so intriguing. Adama Ball, one of those interesting guys that I think uh, will be on scouts radars. And there were a couple scouts there tonight. I saw at least three NBA teams were kind of sitting in the same section with me. It was sort of media slash scouts. And I talked to one about Ball and he was kind of close to his vest. Sometimes those guys don't like to say anything because I think they think they'll get kind of aggregated. And other times they want to talk because they just kind of like talking basketball. This guy I talked to particularly close-lipped. He did say he was uh, interesting, but no Jalen Williams. I think that's a pretty good 
uh, way to summarize it. He's like kind of weird. Uh, it was one of those things where they had him bring the ball up every time. He's not a point guard. He's a six, six ish wing, but I think they just thought best player on our team. Let's let him have the ball more times than not, which is again, a pretty good strategy and it's worked pretty well for them the last couple of years. So he would initiate the offense. They're sort of running like this very, um, like almost Princeton-y kind of thing still. Uh, it, it's a lot of like backdoor cuts and flex cuts and stuff were, were interestingly thrown in there uh, at times as well. And and Ball is really the guy kind of facilitating that. And he made just some like really kind of like lazy passes tonight, to be honest. There was just no real intention behind them. But when this guy gets going, he's got this like really quick first step. Uh, maybe let's just start with the shooting uh, in warmups during the game or before the game, the guy was just like drilling corner three after corner three after corner three. And then for the first half, he was kind of just like in the corner a lot and looked kind of glazed over and zoned out. Like they had one media timeout where he just like stood on the edge of the huddle with like his hands on his shorts and stared. So almost wondered if he was like sick or something. And then in the second half, he kind of really got it going. I want to say he had eight points, maybe actually five points uh, at the end of the first half and he finished with 18 for the game, four rebounds, three assists, a couple fouls. I think one of the things is he's not like an overwhelming defender. Uh, actually his matchup kind of greatly outscored him tonight, but he's pretty disciplined and, and he guards people without getting a lot of fouls, which obviously when you're like the entire offensive hub for your team, you have to do. So I thought that was like one of the like better parts of his game. He's really good at like, if his guys got the ball around the basket, he just stays vertical and he can test, but doesn't like reach over or aggressively foul. And I think that's going to be like an advantage for him for NBA teams is he's going to come in and, and play solid defense. And he's a good athlete, not like a top echelon athlete, but good enough to just guard people. But again, quick first step, but he also moves his feet well laterally. So I think that'll be really interesting. Again, talking about Adama Ball of Santa Clara for anybody who jumped in here later in the episode or skipped ahead. Uh, it's his third year playing college basketball. His first two years were at Arizona. He didn't really play, honestly. And this is just one of those things where he's been like liberated being at a, you know, a mid-major school. And the WCC teams are, are a lot more competitive than I think people give him credit for. West Coast based, so you don't see them maybe as much. But it's the case with Pajemski last year. He transferred from Illinois where he didn't really play as a freshman and then lit shit up. So, uh, you know, we're starting to see that from Ball. Obviously not quite as good. As Pajemski, he's averaging about 15 points, four rebounds, three assists on the season, and, and really kind of out where he ended up with tonight. I mean, like I said, 18 points, but he went into turbo mode in the second half of this game and and really just try to like keep them in it. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And you like to see that right-handed player better dribbling right-handed, but seemed to look a lot more comfortable going left and had a couple really good lefty drives. Or, Shot with his right hand from the left side, but good good drives going um, on the left side of the court. He had a really big deep three with about 10 minutes left in the game. He brought the ball up again pretty much, I think, every possession that I remembered seeing in the second half. Had a great and one drive from the left side with about nine minutes left. Rushed the free throw and kind of clanked it, and it hit off the rim and bounced like eight feet in the air and then somehow dropped back through rim. So he actually completed the and one, even though it, it looked a little ugly. And then uh, the next possession drove from the left side. It was like eight and a half minutes left in the game. Missed one, uh, missed the layup and missed one of the free throws. But again, it was really like a nice aggressive drive. And he just said like, 
I'm bigger and stronger and quicker than the person guarding me, so I'm just going to bulldoze to the hoop. Same thing, shot the first free throw, really rushed it, and then like calmed down, took a deep breath, dribbled more than one time on the second free throw. He's a, about a 90% free throw shooter on the year, so I think the stroke is pretty real. That's uh, always one you hear people talk about as an indicator of, of touch and feel and the ability to translate to NBA three-point range, and I don't think his shooting kind of will be a question. So I feel good about it. It looks really clean. Um, another like wild kind of 10 foot floater that bailed him out somehow and like took a weird bounce in, uh, that was about six minutes left. And, you know, he just kind of like made timely baskets when the team needed to. And I think that's like an actual skill that players, um, you know, that that you want to look for is guys that, that come up big in, in big situations. And, I uh, got a little energy to him. There wasn't like quite slapping the floor, but he gets really low in his stance and palms up. And it was kind of like welcoming guys to go at him. Unfortunately, the person he guarded uh, is a guy that will be familiar with any Maryland Terrapin fans listening to this. Uh, Ian Martinez, who transferred again from Maryland over to Utah State. That one hurts a little bit. He was really, really good tonight. He had 28 points. Uh, just really nobody could kind of guard him. And a lot of times he got switched off a ball, but you know, he still gave ball a couple buckets, hit a couple deep threes when people went under screens on him, which is weird. Uh, Martinez, if he was like, he's like, they list him at 6'3", he's probably like closer to 6'2", I would say. If he were like 6'5", we'd be talking about him in the first round, I think. He is an elite athlete in college basketball and just like a really pretty stroke. He Honestly, he was the best player in the game tonight. He plays really good defense. He guarded ball well, especially early. Eventually, ball was just like a little too big for him. He got to the rim a couple times, like I mentioned. Uh, but Martinez is somebody like, you know, I would maybe keep an eye on if I were an NBA team for like a, an exhibit 10 or something like that. Could he be like better shooting Gary Payton? He can't really uh, do anything for you on ball offensively, but he could just spot up and hit threes and then just be a really good guard defender. I think there's a role for that on NBA teams is someone just can come in and, and put the clamps on somebody and, and hit quarter threes if they needed to. But again, probably just like a little bit too small. Uh, but still interesting, and and yeah, he's just kind of, as a Maryland alum, that's a gut punch that he's not still on that roster. Another really intriguing player in this game was Johnny O'Neill for Santa Clara. He transferred from American. He spent uh, his first three years at American. He's like a 6'9". They list him at 6'10 wing. I, I would say probably closer to 6'9". It's probably more accurate. He shot 38% from three in his three years at American. He's below 30% this year, but I don't really know why he, he's shooting more off the dribble. It seems like, or, or off movement. Uh, actually, I shouldn't have said off the dribble, off movement. And he doesn't look as comfortable when his feet are like underneath him and he's settled. Uh, the, the three is just like beautiful looking. He hit three in a row at some point in the game, and the net didn't even move on any of the three of them. It just like perfectly dropped through. Just like really fluid mover for that size. Seems to have pretty decent length. Not like a crazy athlete, but if you're six nine and you can shoot over people, and you can guard wings or fours, uh, he's got to get a little stronger to have to guard NBA fours. He's uh, more of a finesse player right now. Like there's one play in the game tonight where Johnny O'Neal went up and probably should have dunked it, and I, you could see he was doing the like mental math of can I dunk this? Should I dunk this? So at the last minute, rather than light up, he went to dunk it, but it was sort of not uh, full, you know, not like full of conviction, and he missed a big dunk. And then another time he missed a floater where it was like, well, am I going to dunk this one? Am I going to float it? So there were a few of those plays. It just seems to me like a guy that maybe grew late 
and kind of doesn't realize or, or isn't used to being as big as he is. So it's somebody that probably just like another year or two could settle in. And again, this is not a guy I would probably use a draft pick on, but I would think was very interesting on an exhibit 10 deal, filling out a G league roster. There's somebody at the end of every NBA bench that you'd want filled out with like a young guy who can run the floor pretty hard, hit threes and have good like length. So I, I think this is, um, the kind of player I would find intriguing, I think, if I were looking for, you know, some undrafted guys that would be interesting. So, you know, I I was asked trying to ask this NBA scout next to me about Johnny O'Neill, and he's like, yeah, you know, yeah. like wasn't really giving me much. But uh, there were a couple times, like uh, the one of the NBA scouts down from him was like really head nodding every time O'Neill hit one of those threes. So I, I'm thinking, uh, and that particular team. Uh, the guy I was representing happens to have won several NBA titles in the last couple of years. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. And he seemed most intrigued. And I think that's a team that, you know, probably does pretty good drafting around the margins or not even drafting, but filling out the roster around the margins. So when really good teams are interested in a player, that's also interesting to me. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that actually pans out. Uh, going back to ball, like I said, um, a couple bad passes tonight. He had one with about four minutes left that uh, actually allowed Utah State to get a run out and tie the game up. That hurt them, made the game 70 to 70 at that point. But he just, you know, tried. I think that's a really big thing, too. It was like clearly not his night, but hit another big runner with about a minute left. Got the game to back it uh, about three. I think that had made a three-point game uh, that Santa Clara was down. And then had a run out dunk with like 18 seconds left to get the game back into two. Um, they missed a three at the end. Ball kind of dove out of bounds to save it, but unfortunately threw it to a Utah State player who ran off the clock. So overall, kind of like a mixed performance, to be honest. But, you know, if the Wizards find themselves trading, like let's say their starting point guard, for instance, for a late first-round pick, you know, does another six-foot-six French wing who could potentially fit in with Goulibaly longer term? I'm sure they know each other. Uh, Ball played on a lot of those, like, under-16 teams and things like that in the last couple of years. Actually, he was on the under-16 team. Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to think of other French players he played with. But anyway, you can look that up if that interests you. But I'm sure they know each other. It's not that big of a basketball community of those guys, I'm sure. And, and keeping a couple uh, international guys together that maybe want to stay around here longer term, drafting some guys that Bilal likes, maybe not the worst move in the world if you're the wizard. So, again, not a guy that is going to end up in their range in the top five, but I think could surprise some people and everybody always talks about like the Kentucky guards and how they're kind of foolproof, but Herb Sendek coach wings are, are always kind of translating offensively. At least there's some pretty darn good examples of it. So uh, could he be the next Jalen Williams? I, no, I don't think he has the feel or the passing or things like that. Like, like I said, he didn't pass with much intention tonight, kind of lazily threw a couple in there, but he makes some decent enough reads. He would move the ball around pretty well was maybe too unselfish at times. I always think of this one anecdote about Brandon Rush that played on the Kansas title team in whatever that was, 2008. And Bill Self had to tell him, like, look, you're the best player on the team. We need you to be more selfish. You're being selfish by being so unselfish. And every time he passed up what they thought was a good shot for him, they put him on the treadmill and made him just, like, run his ass off and then put him back in the game and, and kept doing the back and forth until finally he was, like, trying to take over. 
I'd actually like to see that more from Ball. Like, I think he has the skills, especially at the mid-major level, to just kind of like blow by some guys or, or go through them. And you've heard Cool Bali talk about that. He's kind of had to learn that, you know, when to Euro step versus when to go directly at guys. And yeah, again, I think this is sometimes late blooming guys, guys playing with more physical, more athletic players later in their careers. It just takes some time to adjust. And again, Ball didn't play a whole lot at Arizona. So now he's just kind of like learning on the fly to some extent, I think. So anyway, it's pretty interesting. The other player of note here, not really an NBA prospect in my opinion, but it was super interesting was uh, his name is Great Osibor. He plays for Utah State. He's basically like a six foot seven and a half, maybe back to the basket throwback uh, center, essentially. Like he's one of the top players in the country from field goal, uh, from a field goal percentage uh, perspective and just like a cool guy to watch. I think he's shooting 64% from the field, but like 0% from three, maybe it's like 0.1% from three. I don't know. He's like, has no range whatsoever, but just like elite post moves and just footwork and bulldozes guys. And, and I'm a sucker for that. So really good, fun college player uh, that I was wondering if he'd had you know, any NBA potential. Could he be like Kenny Lofton Jr., but fitter type? And I, I think the answer is probably no. But, you know, if you're bored and you see Utah State on TV, give him a watch. And great, G-R-E-A-T is a really cool first name. So uh, that alone is just kind of worth watching. So yeah, this was Believing Wizards. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, you know, this is just sort of a little check-in episode we wanted to do here. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is always fun for us. Today we are brought to you obviously by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Half and Halves. And just shout out to the people at Pennsylvania Dutch Birch Beer. That's really hard to say. Try saying that three times fast even. Pennsylvania Dutch Birch Beer. Good product. Great guys. So another thing to add to your uh, list of stuff to try out here from the show and let me know what you think of them. And as always, we're brought to you by Bet Online. So this was just, uh, like I said, a little impromptu check-in on where I'm at uh, with some of these local draft prospects and not local, local to me where I am traveling, I guess. And I uh, hope you guys found this a little interesting. We'll, we'll keep kind of throwing some more prospects out there throughout the course of the year and doing these little check-ins. Uh, with that, like I said, rate, review, subscribe, presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you all next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube